On tonight's broadcast, we'll hear the story of a security guard who, instead of protecting the merchandise, discovers that he is the one who needs protecting from the merchandise. This story is called, I'm a Security Guard for Hire, My Last Job Nearly Killed Me. Written by Michael Kelso. I'm a security guard who works for a company that hires me freelance to whoever needs. So I've had times when I'd go to work and have absolutely no idea where I was going. Sometimes I'd be patrolling football games on Friday night. Other times I'd have to fill in for someone who called off sick at a warehouse or one of the other places the company contracted out to. So there wasn't a lot of stability in my job. But when you're the night watchman, you're the night watchman. There's not a lot of activity. You're just kind of there to check the locks and make sure nobody breaks in. There was a large antique store in downtown that used to be an old department store that went out of business, back when such things existed. It sat vacant for years, decades even. And then someone bought it and turned it into an antique store. They sold things on consignment, so it was actually many stores within one. The security company I worked for was called because there'd been things going missing from the store. They decided it was worth it to have someone staying there overnight to make sure no one was breaking in. So, I was given the job. It wasn't tough. I would bring my lunch in and put it in the refrigerator. Then I'd walk around the store. It had an upstairs and downstairs, and at nighttime it was a little creepy. Any place that you walked on the upstairs floor, the boards creaked. Downstairs was completely different. It was a basement, but it didn't really have that musty basement smell. With all the antiques there, it had that antique smell, which is kind of hard to explain. It was like old memories. After doing the job for a while, the owners really came to appreciate the job I did. Nobody was breaking in, nothing was getting moved, and I was very clean. I didn't leave anything behind. In fact, sometimes, if I saw a mess on the floor, I'd clean it up. So, the owners talked to the company and requested that I work there full-time. And that was fine with me. It was interesting for a while. I would go through different parts of the store that had different things. Each section was like its own little store. At night, if I was bored, I would go over and pull one of the used books off the shelf, and that's the book I would read for the night. When I'd put it back, I would make a note in my notebook of what page I ended on, and the next night I would get the book and pick up where I left off. There were other times when I would look through the one shop's records collection, looking for ones that I wanted to buy or that my friends were looking for. I would call them and tell them it was here. Not only was I guarding the place, but I was also bringing in more business. I would walk through and see what was in each shop as I patrolled, and if I knew there was something a friend was looking for, I'd call them up and tell them about it. I was very happy with my job. And then came the change in weather. During the summertime, it was great because no matter how hot it was outside, 
Once I would get down to that basement, it was always nice and cool. Once fall came around, something changed. Something became different. There was a different mood in the air. During the summer, I would go around, and on days that I was bored, I would have conversations with the different objects, the different dolls, mannequins, and things like that. I would even name them. Hey, Fred, how's it going tonight? I say in passing to the mannequin dressed in a gentleman's suit from the past century. I would chuckle as I walked away. It was just something to keep me interested and keep me on my toes. When September rolled around, the owners of the shop started moving different merchandise in for the fall season. Every night I'd come in, and a few things would be different. I would familiarize myself with them and see what they were. Maybe it would be a new doll or a statue. I would give it a new name, but aside from merchandise changing, there was something in the air. The mood was changing, too. I don't know if it had to do with the change in the seasons or the merchandise, but it became less of a light-hearted, carefree attitude, especially once the Halloween decorations started moving in. I have nothing against Halloween. I'm just as up for reading a scary book as the next person, but some of the things were downright weird. There was a ventriloquist's dummy that looked super creepy. Not only were the new things moving in, but sometimes those new things would change position from one night to the next. It seemed odd to me that the shop managers would switch things from one shelf to another. I don't know if it had something to do with the display, that somehow it would be spotted and sold more easily, but it seemed to be happening a lot. Not just one shop owner was doing this daily switcheroo, but several of them. It was a mystery, but I had plenty of time to figure out a mystery while I was sitting around every night in between patrols. It was shortly after that I heard the first sound. Now, mind you, I sit in total silence all night while I'm guarding the place. I don't listen to music because I want to keep my ears open for anyone messing with the doors. By this point, I'd come to know the sounds this store made. There were times when the heat turned on and the pipes would creak and pop. There were times when the floors would creak because of the change in temperature. The first night I heard it, it freaked me out so badly. After months of working here, I knew exactly when every pop and creak will happen and what caused it. This one was different. I was sitting there reading a book when all of the sudden I heard a creak directly over my head as if someone had just taken a step above me. One step, and that was it. I froze. I slowly put my book down and looked up. The ceiling didn't provide me with any answers, so I quietly crept out of my spot and started up the stairs, pulling out my flashlight. The place was semi-lit with security lights during the night. It was easy to see to get around, but there were still dark corners, so the flashlight came in handy. 
I made it part way up the steps and flashed my light around, trying to spot someone as quickly as possible. I focused my light on the spot where I'd heard the sound, but there was nothing there. I slowly crept around the side, trying to come to that spot and head off any angles where someone could escape. I kept my light trained on the spot so I would see if they peeked their eyes around the corner or if they suddenly darted off in a different direction, but nothing happened. As I got closer, my apprehension grew. I switched my flashlight to my non-dominant hand, unlocked the taser, and had my hand on it. Whoever you are, you're trespassing, I said to the air. I didn't get any response back. The creaks being caused by my own feet were creeping me out as well. I came to a spot where there was a display, and I knew that was exactly where I'd heard the footstep. I stood there, mesmerized, looking at the little pumpkin-faced decoration smiling at me. I darted around the corner and flashed my light at the only place the person would have had to hide, but there was nothing there. I suddenly felt very exposed. The thought crept into my mind and refused to leave. Someone's here, and you can't see them. I looked around behind the display, but there was no one. I did a slow circle around all the other displays in that general area and found nothing. You know how, when you're watching a horror movie, and you know something terrible is about to happen, and it doesn't? It makes you that much more terrified of what's about to happen next. That's a rabbit hole that I was slowly tumbling down. The longer it took me to find someone, the more apprehensive I became. I did a slow walk through the entire upstairs, paying close attention to the dark corners, but there was absolutely nothing out of the ordinary. The only thing I could find different was once again a few pieces of merchandise had moved positions. Was somebody sneaking in and moving stuff around just to creep me out? I was mystified as to why. I mean, sometimes kids do stupid stuff like that, but how would they get inside? I double-checked the locks on all the doors, and they were secure. After I did my round, I wasn't satisfied by any means. I would have much rather found something than nothing, because something you can chase away. You can yell at it. You can tell it you're going to call the police. But with nothing, there's not a single thing you can do. I went back downstairs feeling helpless as I did around through the basement, also finding nothing. I sighed, attempted to shrug it off, and went back to reading my book. I can't say I was fully focused on reading. The rest of the night, my eyes kept darting around, waiting to see someone jump up at me and say, Gotcha! But that didn't happen either. Let's just say that I was relieved when morning came that day. I was very happy to go home. However, my mind never got to full resting mode. That day, as I fought off the sunlight to try to sleep, my mind kept drifting back to, did I really hear that or was it just my imagination? I'm not easily rattled. 
I used to work as a corrections officer, so I'm used to dealing with difficult situations. But this was bothering me because it was a situation where there seemed to be no situation. And that bothered me because that meant it was all in my head. I went back to work that night and was on edge the entire night. I did more rounds than usual. I tried to stay diligent of dark corners. I shined my flashlight around a lot more than usual. It was like my entire body was keyed up in anticipation of the same thing happening again. But it didn't. Nothing happened. I wasn't sure if that was better or worse. The night after that, I went back to work and tried to settle into my normal routine, mentally laughing it off at the fact that I got so upset over nothing. That night, once again, I was sitting downstairs after having completed my first round and was reading my book when I heard the footstep. This time, it wasn't just a creak of a board. I heard an actual footstep, like a boot had stepped on the floor. I instantly felt pins and needles all over my body. I slowly set down the book, picked up the flashlight, and started upstairs. Like the last time, I moved slowly and cautiously, trying to flank the position so that anyone who was there would not be able to get around me. "'Whoever's here, you're trespassing on private property,' I said, panning the flashlight around. "'If you don't leave, if you don't show yourself, I will call the police.' Nothing. The only sound was the fading echo of my own words. I approached the same display where I'd heard the creak the last time. Once again, I found a colorful display of pumpkin decorations staring me back in the face. But no person, no boot, no nothing that could have possibly made the sound. The only thing that was different this time was one of the pumpkin decorations was swaying back and forth a tiny bit, as though someone had bumped the display. My search of the upstairs proved futile and fruitless. I went back to my book feeling rattled, but also annoyed. I was going to catch whoever was playing this stupid trick on me. It was a mission. The next night went off without a hitch. Even though I was keyed up, I was ready to catch whoever was doing this, but there wasn't a thing out of the ordinary. The night after that, I didn't hear a footstep. I heard a dozen footsteps, running rapidly, heading toward the far end of the store. I bolted out of my seat and ran down to the far end of the store in the basement and took the stairs two at a time. I could hear as I ran... The footsteps and I were running in the same direction. I knew I would catch him at the exit door. This was it. He was mine. I made it to the door before the footsteps did and stood there, my hand on my taser, my flashlight up and ready. I was going to catch him. And then the footsteps stopped. I stopped right before the top of the staircase. I know you're there. I said, pointing the flashlight up the stairs. Step out and let me see you. Nothing. Dead silence. 
I've had it with this game, I said. Step out now. I'm taking the safety off my taser. If you don't, I will tase you. Nothing. Fine, have it your way, I said as I bolted up the stairs. The footsteps had stopped right there. The person should have been standing there. But there was nothing. There was no place he could have hidden. It was all open at the top of the stairs. He couldn't have walked away. I would have heard the floor creaking. He couldn't have gotten past me. I would have seen him. It was like he vanished, if he was ever there. I stood there, dumbfounded. What the hell is happening to me? I panned the flashlight all around, but there was no place he could have gotten to before I got to the top of the steps. The steps weren't wooden. They were made of stone, so my coming up wouldn't have made enough noise to cover the sound of him running away. I started worrying about my mental well-being. I knew. I'd heard the sounds. I knew I'd heard someone running upstairs. There was no doubt in my mind. Or was there? I hadn't found anything. So either I was hearing things, my mind was playing tricks on me, or it was something else. I decided I needed proof. So the next night when I came to work, I sat my cell phone on the counter. And, of course, I heard nothing. When you're anticipating something happening and it doesn't, it's frustrating. The next night, I sat my phone on the counter and read my book after doing my normal rounds. As soon as I heard anything, I turned my phone on video and hit record. I heard footsteps running toward the rear entrance. I followed them. After another fruitless chase... I returned to my counter and watched the video. All it showed was the ceiling, but I was only listening for the sound. I heard the steps on the phone. I was happy that I could hear them. It meant I had proof that I wasn't going crazy. Then I heard my own footsteps running away, chasing after them. I left the video running as my mind started wandering. Okay, now I have proof... But proof of what? I thought. Suddenly, I heard a voice. It was quiet, harsh, and raspy. It said four simple words. Why are you here? I rewound the video ten seconds and listened again. Why are you here? I rewound it over and over, hearing the voice each time. Then, I turned it off and did a slow circle. The only thing around me was the antiques, old books and statues, buttons of failed politicians, and old porcelain figures. There was no one there. I found myself at a crossroads. Do I treat this as a prank and ignore it, or do I let my curiosity drag me down the rabbit hole to find out what was really going on. I set the phone on the counter, turned it to video, and hit record. I'm here to protect the merchandise, I said. Why are you here? 
I looked around and saw nothing out of the ordinary. I let the video record for another minute, then shut it off and played it back. I heard my own voice ask the question, then, after a few moments of silence, I shook my head at my own stupidity. Of course that wasn't going to work, because there was nothing there, I thought. Just then I heard the voice. You don't belong here, it said in a low, raspy voice. My shaking hand reached for the phone. At that moment, I completely agreed with the voice. I didn't belong here. My knees were shaking. Chills ran up and down my spine. I spun around trying to find the mystery voice, but it wasn't there. I nearly dropped the phone. My hands were shaking so badly. When I rewound and listened to the video again, the voice was still there. I laid the phone down on the counter and started another video. I have to be here, I said, trying not to stammer. It's my job. Then I let the video record for another minute. When I rewound and played it, I got my answer. Leave and never return, it said. I started another video and said, and what if I do return? When I played it back, I wish I hadn't. The only word it said was consequences. I suddenly felt cold, like the temperature in the room had dropped below freezing. I didn't try to ask any more questions after that. I picked up my phone and went upstairs for the rest of the night. When the owners came in the morning, the woman asked me if I was feeling okay. You look pale, she said. Like you've seen a... I'm fine, I said, interrupting her. Just a little tired. Well, go home and get some rest, she said. Thanks to you, we're having a record quarter. I smiled weakly and opened my mouth to say something and thought better of it. I'm glad I can help out, I said, then excused myself and drove home. It took every ounce of fortitude I had to step inside the store that night. When I turned and locked the door behind me, the click had a sound of finality. I walked slowly through the upstairs on my first round, suspicious of every nook and cranny. Even the friendly faces on the dolls and festive decorations took on a sinister look. It was as if the entire store was watching me. By the time I reached the stairwell at the far end of the store, my nerves were shot. I had my flashlight out and hand on my taser. For some reason, the stairwell light was off. I flicked it on and descended the uninviting stairs. When I reached the bottom, the lights were off in the basement as well. I flicked them on, and for a heartbeat, I swore I saw something dart out of the light and into a shadow. My senses, already on high alert, went into convulsions. Before I knew it, the taser was in my hand, and the red beam was dancing around, bouncing off the myriad objects on the shelves.
My feet felt like they were encased in concrete. For a handful of minutes, I stood frozen to the spot, waiting for anything to move, praying it wouldn't. My mind screamed at me. Leave! Get out of here! It's not worth it! I entertained the thought, and then came to my senses. It's just my imagination is all, I thought. There's nothing down here I haven't seen a hundred times. I tried to smile and chuckle, but it didn't quite feel right. Half of me wanted to listen to my mind's prodding and bug the hell out. I finally overcame my paralysis and started my round in the basement. I walked, trying to act nonchalant, but eyes darting back and forth, looking for trouble. The taser hadn't made it back into my holster yet either. When I got to the spot where I thought I'd seen something move, I took a long look. There was nothing out of the ordinary, except an overweight porcelain clown that was on the floor instead of the second shelf where it usually sat. "'Are you causing trouble, Tubbo?' I said to the clown. Thankfully, it didn't answer. I walked away feeling a little better for trying to lighten the moment. I stepped up to the books to choose which I would read tonight. As I perused the titles, one stuck out at me, literally. It was as if someone had only put it back in halfway. I pulled it out and looked at the title. Cape Fear. Nope, I said, putting the book back. Not up for anything scary tonight. <laughs> I looked around at the other books and picked out a Dave Barry collection. But I couldn't pull it off the shelf. It was as if the book was glued to the spot. I shrugged and tried to pick another humor book, but it was stuck too. I tried others, but they were all stuck. It was the strangest thing. I tried a romance, but couldn't get it loose. I tried several other genres, but none would come off the shelf. I was mystified. Out of curiosity, I picked out a horror novel, and it came out in my hand. I put it back and picked another. It came out as well. After trying many, I found the only books I could get off the shelf were horror I backed away from the strange phenomenon and continued my round. I just won't read tonight, I thought, trying not to let the weird bookshelves rattle me. I made my way to my counter and eyed it with suspicion. Maybe I should sit somewhere else tonight, I thought of my favorite spot. With no book and nothing to do but stare at the many objects that surrounded me, I found myself doing more rounds than usual. Hearing the floorboards creak under my own feet was little consolation. My nerves were still dancing on the edge of a knife. I went back downstairs to complete my round. At this point, I was intentionally trying not to notice things. I walked past one display and froze as I caught something out of the corner of my eye. I backed up and looked at the display. The clown that I'd spoken to the last round looked exactly the same as it had, 
except for one important detail. It was back on the second shelf. I know it was on the floor, I thought, my mind racing. I know it was. I stared at the clown, his porcelain smile full of mischief. I tried something crazy, hoping no one would ever find out about it. I pulled out my phone and recorded the clown. Are you the one causing all this trouble? I said, aiming the camera at it. I left the camera recording for an additional minute to give time for an answer. Then I stopped recording and started watching. I heard my voice ask the question, then nothing. I waited for the answer, but there was none. I stared into the glossy eyes of the clown for a long moment. Then I tore my gaze away and continued the rest of my round. Someone's messing with me, I thought. Then I slowly reconsidered. Or is it something? I looked back toward where the clown sat in his display. I sat quietly at my counter, trying not to have a nervous breakdown. My thoughts were tumbling through my mind so quickly that I lost track of time. I glanced at my watch, and nearly an hour had passed. I got up and did my next round, but when I got back to the basement, the clown was once again on the floor. I pulled out my phone, mumbling, I know he wasn't there the last time. Sure enough, I played the video, and the clown was sitting on the second shelf. Ha! I said, pointing at the clown. I caught you! I turned the phone around and showed the video to the inanimate object, then realized just how insane my actions were. I slowly turned the phone around and shut it off. I walked away and sat back down at my counter. The next round, I tried ignoring the clown, but found my eyes drifting toward its display. But instead of finding it once again on the shelf, there was another surprise. It was gone. I looked all around the display, but it wasn't there. I frantically searched the nearby displays, but couldn't find it. Beads of sweat formed on my forehead. I did a slow pan around and felt as if it was lurking behind any of the thousand objects in the store. I pulled out my flashlight and searched every dark corner. I slowly made my way through the basement, not finding any sign of my quarry. I approached my counter, and there it was, on top of the counter, pretty as you please, staring at me. It was all I could do not to scream. I refused to touch it. I stood there, transfixed, staring at this impossible scene. And then my mind woke up and sent me very specific instructions. Run, it said. Get the hell out of here. I bolted for the stairs and took them two at a time. I tore through the store and fumbled with the keys to unlock the main door, dropping them twice, just like in every horror movie I'd ever seen. Finally, I managed to open the door and step out.
The cold, late October air slammed into my face, making me screech to a halt. I stood there, looking at the street lights in the pre-dawn gloaming. The sidewalks were empty, making me feel totally alone and on my own. I took in several slow, deep breaths of the frigid air. My mind began to slow. What the hell just happened? I asked myself. But I couldn't come up with an answer I wanted to accept. I'm a former corrections officer, I thought. I've dealt with people who've tried to kill me, throw things on me that should never be thrown. I've done countless cell extractions, and yet here I am, scared out of my mind, by a toy. I shook my head in wonder, then turned and went back inside, locking the door behind me. Two steps in, I could feel the difference. There was a heaviness in the air, a stillness that was disturbing. My bravado was evaporating with every step. Keep it together, man, I told myself, looking at my watch. Only a few more hours, then go home and get some sleep. I came around the edge of the stairwell and started down the stairs when my foot caught on something and I went sailing out into the air. By sheer miracle, my hand shot out and grabbed the handrail, keeping me from tumbling down the stone stairs and ending up with at least a concussion, if not a quick trip to the morgue. My body swung around and slammed into the hard metal railing, knocking the breath out of me. I hoped I hadn't broken any ribs, but there was pain radiating from my side. After a few minutes, I caught my breath and slowly stood, looking back up the stairs to see what I'd tripped on. There sat the clown.